different groups have been oppressed for various reasons. Some people have been persecuted for their skin color. Some people have been persecuted for their political views and others for their religious beliefs. Christians are not the only people who have sacrificed their lives for a cause. Every day, brave men and women around the world sacrifice their lives fighting for their countries. They sacrifice, they do it because they love their country. They commit to defend their country. Some people sacrifice their lives for great causes. Some for silly reasons. You hear it, you ask yourself, what? Did they die for that? Just that? And others for selfish ambitions. It's not silly. It's not a great cause. But it's their personal ambitions. And they will sacrifice their lives just for that. People sacrifice for different reasons. Standing for something means standing against another. And I want to bring your attention to this statement because this is where everything starts. If you stand for something, automatically you stand against something. Usually, people are persecuted because they stand for something. Standing for something automatically creates conflict with those standing against it. When Jesus called his disciples, he was not inviting them to suffer. Jesus was calling his disciples to stand for the truth. Jesus was inviting his disciples to stand for what he stands for. From the moment they stood for the truth, those who stood against it became their enemies. From the time you stand for the truth, those who stand against it become your enemies. Christians are persecuted because of what they stand for. Luke chapter 9 verse 23 says, Then he said to them all, If anyone want to come with me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. In Luke 14, 27, he said, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. He said, you have to carry your cross. What did Jesus mean by that? What did the cross represent to his audience? What does the cross represent to us in this room? The sixth fundamental principle to live by is bearing your cross. Bearing your cross. Jesus spoke of the cross as the depiction of suffering. His disciples knew what crosses represented other, under the Romans' occupation. They knew when you say cross, you mean trouble. So when he said you should bear your cross every day, the people in front of him knew what he was talking about. Because they've seen people bearing their crosses. They knew how it feels to bear a cross. They knew they saw it. They knew families have been destroyed because of the cross. They knew there is fear in the city because of the cross. And when he says you should bear your cross every day, he was telling them suffering. You will suffer if you want to follow me. He was prepared to carry 
his own cross. He carried the master cross and died on it. He suffered rejection even though he was sent by God. He was falsely accused of using evil powers. He was deserted by his own disciples. He was beaten. He wore the crown of thorns. He was mocked, spat on, shamed, humiliated. He was pierced with nails on a cross between two criminals. He finally died publicly, naked. A 33 years young man was hanged on a cross before women and children. Jesus suffered for what he stood for. He claimed to be the way, the truth, and the life, and so was he. Jesus claimed to be the way, the truth, and the life. And then he said, and I am sent by God, and I am a son of God, and I am God. When he said that, everybody said, what? Everyone who stood against that statement became his enemy. And anyone who will stand for that statement becomes their enemy too. That's where you fit. So my question to you is, I know Jesus called us to stand for the truth. That means he called us to stand for the fact that he is the way, the truth, and the life. We stand for that. We stand for the fact that he is God. That's what he called us for. But my question to you is, what do you stand for? What do you stand for? John 24 verse 6 says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It is inclusive enough because it invites everybody. It's exclusive enough because if you don't go through that way, you are not getting there. Absolute truth. Is Jesus inclusive? Yes, everybody's invited. But Exclusive, yes, because if you don't go through him, you are not going to heaven. So, if you ever ask yourself this question, what do I stand for in my life? Jesus is not one of many truths, one of many ways to God, or one of ways to life. Discovering Jesus is finding the only truth, the only way to God, and the only way to abundant life on earth and eternal life in heaven. The only exclusive truth when you discover Jesus. Yeah, we, we are living in a generation where you can't say that because you will offend some. Following Jesus means standing for what he stood for. Following Jesus means standing against what he stood against. Following Jesus attract the same opposition he faced. In 2001, I was doing music in Rwanda. And after releasing our first single, our band became very popular. Our song was number one in the charts in Kigali for more than three months. A friend of mine visited us from America, and they came to see us. And he brought another friend of his who was, I, I think, I will speak a musical language. I think you will understand what I'm saying. He was a producer. So the, the guy was in charge of m distributing Tupac music. So he was big. He was a millionaire. And he came in a hotel, five star, they invited us. I think I made sure my, my feet, my, my shoes were clean because it was my first time to go in that hotel. And then they sat us down and then he said, uh, yo, yeah, he was wearing these big jeans and chains and yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Your man. And then, yeah. and then we sat down and then he said, I want to produce you. I said, oh, yeah, God, finally you answered our prayers. Said I will produce a video. I will bring a team from America. Like the accent was really like, you know, like in the rap music. Bring a, a team from America, video cameras, and we will put you on MTV. I said, God, thank you. Finally, MTV. The dream of every musician. And you know, then we'll pay you, and we will, and we will, and all these things. Then he said, uh, uh, I will direct the music. I will direct the music. Um, we will bring some girls, and you know, you know, if we put some girls there, and you know, you know, they don't need to wear anything, you know, that, that's how, you know, eh. <laughs> naked girls. Okay. And then we'll put, like, you know, if we put, you, you sit on this chair, and then there'll be four girls around you. Who, me? <laughs> Doing what? <laughs> when I started to explain the details, I was, ah! <laughs> God have mercy. <laughs> this is not what, <laughs> this is not the dream I was thinking about. Like, you can imagine those rap music videos that, you know, that's what he was telling me. And we asked, do, can, can we change? Can we suggest something? Can we please not put the girls in it? He said, no, 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 no. That is non-negotiable. That sells. Oh. We tried to explain why we want to do it the way we want it now. Then he said, if you're not with me, then you are against me. We left that room. <laughs> like, very broken. Standing for something is standing against something. Because we stood for our belief, our values, we automatically stood against his belief. And we missed the opportunity of a lifetime. He never came back. He never came back. He's still there. He's still doing music in America. He was coming from. It was just in a holiday. We missed that opportunity. That's what happens when you stand for the truth. Some people will cancel you automatically. We have an issue with that as Christians. You want to please everybody. You want people to like you. You want to be accepted. It will not happen. If you want to stand for the truth, you stand against something. It's cost us promotion, fame, money. Some of us here have been fired for telling the truth. Some of you have been disowned by family. Some of us have been sent to prison because of the truth. And as we are talking now, speaking in this room, some of us are dying around the world for standing for the truth. Some of us are being sent to prison because of standing for the truth. The question remains, do you know what you stand for or you compromise when you face pressure? What do you stand for? Do you stand for justice or you are busy with your life? Do you stand for the poor or the orphans and the widows? Do you stand for what's rights or you're afraid of the opposition? 
Whenever you stand for what's right, expect opposition. Stand for Jesus, standing for Jesus, standing for Jesus is more than just standing for social justice. Standing for Jesus is standing for the truth. It's standing for what's eternal. It's more than just standing for social justice. It's standing, and I'm not against standing for social justice. It is standing for eternity. And that's why we are facing backlash. In fact, all those who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Second Timothy 3, 12. You will be persecuted if you want to live for Jesus. So that's a promise. Jesus called you to stand for the truth, but he promised that if you stand for the truth, you will be persecuted. If you follow Jesus, you don't get to choose your enemies, they choose you. In fact, we love everybody, don't we? Christians are recommended, we are called to love everybody. We don't pick our enemies, don't you and you and you and you, I don't like you, no. Once you become a Christian, automatically you become a target of some people. They choose you. You don't need to choose your enemies, they will pick you. Because you are standing against what they stand Four, second question, what do you stand against? What do you stand against? John chapter 15 verse 20, remember the word I spoke to you. A slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. Jesus said it. If they loved me, they will love you. If they didn't, they will hate you. So who are they? When Jesus is saying they, 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 who was Jesus referring to when he said they? Who are they? Christianity is also a way of life. It's a worldview. When Jesus' teachings clash with somebody's way of life, they have two option, options. Submit to Jesus or try to submit Jesus. Does it make sense? And you, when you speak the truth, people in your life have two choices. Either they will submit to it or they will try to submit you. They will submit to Jesus when they hear about him or they will try to submit Jesus when they disagree with him. You're with me. They only have two, two options. Those who submit to Jesus, they change their ways. Those who reject Jesus, they try to silence him until today. So, throughout history, people of influence and affluence have been transformed by the teachings of Jesus. But other people of influence and affluence have tried to silence Christianity. So, let's explain who are they. One, Jesus' ultimate enemy is Satan. Read this. Luke 22, 3-6. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. He went away and discussed with the chief priests and, uh, and the temple police, police how he could hand him over to them. They were glad and agreed to give him silver. So he accepted to offer and started looking for a good opportunity to betray him to them. They, he wanted to betray him to them when the crowd was not present. So in secret. If you read clearly, Satan was at the beginning. Satan entered Judas. 
It is Satan who started. Do you see that? It is Satan who started opposition against Jesus. He entered Judas. Unfortunately, all the rest, all the people followed Satan's plan. Satan will always be the enemy of God's work. The number one enemy of you and me. Jesus' betrayal started with Satan. Your betrayal starts with Satan. Your opposition starts with Satan. Your pain starts with Satan. If your parents reject you, it starts from Satan. If your friends at work reject you, it starts from Satan. It's not them. Satan can cause anyone, your husband, your wife, your teacher, your, your boss, your colleague, to hate you. Anyone. Anyone. So be prepared. If you stand for the truth, anyone can stand against you. Why? Because they open a door to Satan. Second, Satan can use religion and religious people. Unfortunately, we go to church expecting holiness. But Satan can use religion. He can. 23, 23 to 25. Luke, Luke 23, 22 to 25. But they kept the treasure... Demanding with loud voices, the, the pressure, sorry. They kept the pressure, demanding with loud voices that he be crucified, and their voice, their voice worn out. So Pilate decided to grant their demand and release the one they were asking for, who had been thrown into prison for rebellion and murder. But he handed Jesus over to their will. Who are they again? <laughs> who are these people who were demanding Jesus' death? Luke twenty two sixty six. Then when daylight came, the elders of the people, listen, both the chief priests, religious people, and the scribes, convened and brought him before the Sanhedrin. Religious people are they. Jesus is talking about. They represent religious people that they will hand you over. They will persecute you. Religion has been the cause of persecution of those who follow Jesus since the beginning of Christianity. The first enemies of Christianity were religious people. The disciples of Jesus were persecuted by those who claimed to be serving God. Even Paul the apostle persecuted the church in the name of God before his conversion. Other religions have stood against Christianity and persecuted Christians in the name of their religions too. Unfortunately, if you studied history, you will discover that Christians have been killed by other Christians. Millions of people were killed in Europe. 30 years of war between Protestants and Catholics in the name of religion, killing other Christians. I hate religion. I'm not a religious person. I have a relationship with God. I don't follow rules. I follow relationship. I do what I do because Jesus loves me and I love him back. Not because there are some rules to follow. That's religion. What do you stand against? Satan can use people in, in power, in the position of power to persecute Christians. When Jesus' teaching clash with their views, they come after you. People in position of power. They own businesses. They own governments. 
They own the system. And when it clashes with what they are for, they come after you. And that's why we are in the position we are in today as Christians. Because people in the position of power are coming after us. Our beliefs clash with their belief. According to Open Doors, one in eight Christians worldwide are persecuted for their faith. They estimate that in the top 50 countries alone, 309 million Christians suffer very high or extreme levels of persecution and discrimination for their faith. More than 340 million Christians suffer high levels of persecution and discrimination every, every year. Pope Benedict claimed in 2010 that Christians were the most persecuted group in the contemporary world. There are research that have proven that more than 100,000 Christians are violently killed because of some relation to their faith every year. You know, we have students, our children who go to school, they struggle to fit in. Why? Because the culture says they can't fit. If you follow Jesus, you can't fit. You have to do all the things that the media says you have to do. You have to believe in everything that they say you have to believe in. If you don't, then you are canceled. That's persecution. And Jesus promised you it will happen. At work, everywhere you go today, it's hard even to say you are a Christian. It is now dangerous to say you are a Christian at work. Why? Persecution. It's happening. Is it new? No. Jesus promised it. We should be ready to stand for it. It is promised. And finally, whom do you stand with? So I ask, what do you stand for? I ask, what do you stand against? I told you, Satan can use, can use religion. He can use people in the position of power. Now I'm asking you, whom do you stand with? Luke chapter 21, 12 to 17 says, But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and prisons. And you will be brought before kings and governors before because of my name. It will lead to an opportunity for you to witness. Therefore, make up your minds not to prepare your defense ahead of time. For I will give you such words and a wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will even be betrayed by parents. You'll be betrayed by parents, by brothers and relatives and friends. They will kill some of you. Jesus is telling us. You will be hated by everyone because of my name. Jesus promised his followers will be persecuted. He predicted his followers will be rejected and betrayed. But he also promised them comfort and wisdom. Read that scripture. He said, I will give you wisdom. When you are falsely accused, I will give you words and wisdom to defend yourself. Whom are you fighting with? Jesus. He is standing with us in our fight. He is with us. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from him. 
God will comfort us in our affliction, in our trouble. He will comfort us. He will comfort us. Jesus promised us comfort. So there are three sources of afflictions I want you to know. One, we're living in a fallen universe. Christians and all other human beings, we go through natural troubles. We all fall sick. We all face natural disasters. We all lose in our businesses endeavors. We all go through these natural troubles because we are living in a natural fallen universe. When you are going through something like this, don't think you are being persecuted. No, every human being goes, goes through that. It's, it's human to find yourself in the midst of earthquake. It is human to experience cold or flu. It is human. So that is not persecution. That's not what I'm talking about. Secondly, we face afflictions because of our flawed choices. Christians, like all other people, they face the consequences of their poor decisions. If you are going through afflictions because you made some poor decisions, you are not being persecuted. You are simply facing the consequences of your actions. Does it make sense? Sometimes affliction is simply the response of nature to your bad choices. It's not like people hate you because you are a Christian. It's because you are late every day at work. The boss doesn't fire you or talk to you all the time because, no, no, because you don't perform well. Come early, leave late. Christians should be example, examples at work. So when you are facing trouble in that situation, it's simply because of your flawed choices. It's not every suffering that is persecution. But... When we are persecuted because of our faith, faith, that is what Jesus is talking about. Because of your faith, if someone cancels you, hates you, that is promised. Jesus will comfort you. He will fight with you. He will stand for you. Expect it, my friend. Expect it. What I came to tell you today is, if you stand for the truth, someone will hate you. And when that someone hates you, Jesus will fight with you. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to rescue each time. To the rescue each time. Psalm 34, 19. You will face trouble, my friend. You will. But there is a promise that God will come to your rescue each time. He always comes to the rescue of the righteous and he will come to your rescue. His rescue may look different in different situations. But at the end of the day, those who follow Jesus end up with him in glory. At the end of the day, Jesus wins. The temporary suffering on earth cannot be compared to the eternal glory in heaven. 1 Peter 5.10 says, Now the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Jesus Christ, will personally restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little. Romans chapter 8 verse 18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is going to be revealed to us. 
we stand for eternity. After this life in this body, there is eternity waiting for us. There is life with Jesus forever that is waiting for us. The suffering we go through now, being canceled, being hated, and being persecuted is not compared. We can't even compare it with the glory waiting for us in heaven. People have given freely their lives for the gospel because they knew the glory waiting for them. People have been killed. People have been persecuted. People have been discriminated. And they allow it to happen because they knew the glory that is coming. Christians today, we have lost sight. We've forgotten that there is glory coming. So once somebody comes to work and they, 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 start, they stop following you on Twitter. Oh, everybody hates me. They say something about you on Facebook. Oh, everybody hates me. Who cares? It's temporary. There is eternity waiting for us in heaven. Let them say what they will say. Let them do what they will do. One day we'll sit with Jesus. In glory. I wish Christians can keep this in mind. All the time. That our suffering. Is temporary. Our brothers have died. Our brothers traveled. And we are sitting in our couches. Complaining about someone. Canceling you. On Instagram. Because of your faith. Because you posted a scripture. And someone said something against it. Everybody hates me. People have died for this. There is eternity awaiting. I will give you three things to do. The first one, resist persecution when possible. Followers of Jesus are called to resist injustice in all its forms whenever possible. Fighting injustice includes fighting discrimination against Christians. That's what we are doing. That's why we said we are going to send messages to our politicians. Why? We are resisting whenever we can. Christians can resist injustice by electing leaders who stand for equality and justice. We need to vote wisely. Don't just go with your emotions and popular, popular opinion. Think and pray before you elect someone, before you vote for someone. Christians can resist injustice by praying and acting for the freedom of speech and religion. This is what we are asking you to do. Christians can resist discrimination by denouncing it whenever they are given the opportunity. If you see discrimination at work, if you see discrimination, there are policies that allow us to denounce it. If it's done against you, you have the freedom and the right to fight back. Second, Escape persecution when necessary. In Luke chapter 4 verse 30, Jesus escaped persecution. So it is allowed if you find a door, escape persecution. So we are not dumb, we are not fools. We can escape. We can learn karate. No, don't learn karate because of that. We are allowed to escape when we are given the opportunity. Christians should not just stand there watching themselves being afflicted. Watching your afflictors advance and just waiting. No, when Jesus saw it, he ran. He escaped. Finally, endure persecution when it's unavoidable. You know, it's not all the time that you'll have a door. 
not all the time that you can fight back. There are moments when persecution cannot be resisted or avoided. In those moments, you are encouraged to look up to God and remember that he's standing with you. There are places, there are places where the government does not allow worship. If you find yourself there, there are people around the world who are in places like that. They can't run. They can't resist. They, 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 are, they are stuck. In those situations, endure. Endure. There is a promise for you. Maybe you are persecuted by your own family members. You don't have anywhere to go. Endure. Endure it. Maybe you are persecuted by a person or people you are trying to bring to Jesus. You see, this is a different situation. You feel like you need to call them to Jesus, and in the process, they are persecuting you. And you feel like, I want to rescue these people, but the same people you are trying to talk about Jesus to, they are the one hating you and persecuting you. Go on. Keep doing it. They don't know what they don't know. Maybe you are persecuted by the government system. You know what? There are certain things we have to endure. So I want to pray for you. The sixth principle to live by is bearing your cross. 